Hey, good afternoon, and welcome to today's episode of Business Basics with Action Coach Campus. And my special guest today is Janet Godwin. She is the newly appointed CEO of ACT. Am I saying that correct, John? Jen, is that right? That's correct. Uh-huh. Uh, That's ex- correct. Thank you. And, and you didn't just, Janet, this is exciting because you didn't just come from the outside, from like the East Coast or the West Coast, but you you worked your way up, right? Tell us about that. Yeah, no, literally have worked my way up. I started at ACT um, right after graduate school and uh, started uh, in our test development unit, developing assessment content for the ACT and started there and uh, loved the organization, worked uh, through many different parts of it, uh, test development for many years, research, operations, information technology, um, supported so many different projects over the years um, and, and and literally worked my way up from an entry-level position to now being the CEO uh, over a 30-year period. And it's been exciting. Um, I've been involved in literally every major change initiative the organization's been through in the last few decades. And um, it's it, it, I think it's been a really, really great preparation for the role that I have today. So it's it's very exciting. That's fantastic. And, and Janet, like you said, you've seen many changes at ACT over the 30 years, the, the growth of the campus, the remodel of the campus, um, and, and just the internal changes that you've experienced. And now, now you're in this leadership role. So, so tell me how, um, how do you work with your staff during this COVID craziness? Because I think you mentioned ACT, the campus has been closed really since March, right? So how's that impact on ACT? Yeah. So no, great question. Um, so just starting with that, yes, was as many companies did, we moved our, our workforce online, uh, working remotely since about mid-March. Um, started the handfuls of people, small numbers uh, have been still working on campus, literally less than 20, um, just doing things that just have to be done on campus. Uh, started slowly this fall, bringing a few team members back. And after the new year, we're hoping to kind of gradually bring folks back. But for the most part, Lee, we've done just fine. Our team members have adapted. We support each other. We stay connected on Microsoft Teams or Zoom or whatever platform uh, is available. Um, and so and we're just very focused on serving our customers and um, and rising to the the opportunities um, that that have been brought forward because of the pandemic, and so um, we've been we've been doing a lot of lot of good work, and we'll continue to do so. So it's it's been interesting. It's been very gratifying, though. We've really risen to the occasion. Isn't that interesting? I mean, just how we all thought we needed to be clustered together, and now because of COVID, we have found maybe not our first preference, but we're able to work remotely but still cohesively. Yes, it, it's true. And we we focus on that. Um, and we've put some techniques in with our team members. Um, I hold uh, you know, regular all team meetings. Um, we found that lots of communication, a lot of transparency, keeping folks um, uh, uh, knowledgeable of how we're doing, how we're addressing challenges, uh, what we're doing next. Um, you know, that's been the secret, I think, for us to be doing as well as we are through this is just really frequent uh, and transparent communication. Um, you know, it's, it has been hard. Um, our operations were impacted, uh, especially last spring when schools closed around the entire country. 
Um, so we were not able to um, do our, our testing programs um, in the spring and even into the summer. And, uh, and so it did have an impact on us um, and our operations and financially, and we had to make some changes to right size and adjust. Um, but what I've learned, um, first, I was the interim CEO starting in May and now recently the, named the permanent CEO. Um, the, the thing that I think that has helped us is that I haven't shied away from just telling the truth how we're doing right. folks. Right. And if right. we've got challenges, I'm not going to sugarcoat. If I need people's help with something, I'm going to ask directly for it. Um, I'm going to share successes. I'm going to share where we've got challenges and opportunities. And, and I think that has helped the team, our, our team of, of, of team members feel connected, uh, appreciated, valued, respected. And that's been helpful, I think, to kind of keep people's morale going. Because it's been hard. Not only is has it been hard, um, you know, trying to trying to continue our testing programs in in, in COVID times, but everyone's facing personal challenges too. Um, students mm-hmm. uh, learning online, um, maybe you know, personal tragedy with the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe spouses or partners or family members who've lost work during this time frame. So there's so many other challenges that um, just that frequent communication. Uh, truthful, honest communication, um, but trying to always, uh, I'm a very half glass, half full person um, and, and try to instill here are the realities of the things that we're doing today. But my goodness, folks, there is some positive, positive things that we're doing and you're helping us get there and still finding that sense of energy and excitement, even when there's the world is, you know, whipping around us. And so um, I think that's been really helpful. I, I agree with that. And and th- those are qualities of a leader, Janet, where we understand where we're at. We have our basis of reality, but and we're not afraid to do the hard work that it's going to take us to get to that, that next place. Mm-hmm. Now it's through COVID-19, but optimism, but, but not so optimistic that we're out in outer space, right? It's, it's like, look, I know we're going to get better. I can tell you why we're going to get better. Um, but you have to inspire your team. I mean, that's so much of what you're doing uh, is inspiring those team members. And then they take it down a level and inspire their team members as well. Exactly. It it is, it's leadership and um, it's engagement, but you have to tell a a compelling story. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And that story can't be so fanciful that people don't believe it. Um, it has to be grounded in, in reality and what we're capable of accomplishing. Yes. These are big enough goals that is motivating and exciting, right. um, but it has to be within our grasp. And then, you know, really telling that story where we're going and why, why mm-hmm. does it matter? How do you individually help get us there? Um, and, and then, and using that as, as a leadership platform, I think is, uh, is really important. And, um, I, I obviously don't do this by myself. I have a, an amazing group of leaders that I work with on a daily basis. Um, we just spent all morning in a strategic planning session, same kind of thing here. Are we here. Where are we today? But we actually talked about Kodak and, and, and what happened to Kodak. Right. And so we're right. contemplating our future. Um, while we're dealing with the today, but we're spending good amounts of time saying, where do we want to be mm-hmm. in the next 60 years of this company's history? So, you know, we've been operating since 1959. We've impacted millions and millions and millions of students' lives over those years, but th- it's changing. The, right. the college admissions process and set of mm-hmm. expectations 
are changing. And um, we will be leaders in that change, not defending the past. Our goal right. is to lead to the future. And so, yes. um, you know, we, it takes intentional time to think about those things. It takes a lot of energy, creativity, and space um, mm-hmm. to go through those uh, kinds of thought processes. But then back to the leadership question, being able to articulate that why and what and how, mm-hmm. and then and then tie it to every every individual team member so that they are part of that success uh, going forward. And so it's it's not easy, um, no. but that's what we're striving to do. And, and it really does, I think, get back to that leadership question that you were talking about. Oh, for sure. I mean, as a, as a leader, you are never resting on your laurels. Right. You have never made it and now I can relax. I'm at the top. No, that's not how it works. You are always forging ahead and and looking to where you're going to be, not tomorrow, but three years, five years, 10 years down the road. You have to, with your strategic plan, that's just the way it works. I mean, ACT started because they had a vision back in 1959 of how can we improve this process? And I don't think you've ever stopped. I, no, I mean, stopped. in fact, uh, from our founder, EF Lindquist, he was very, very passionate about assessment being a way to open doors and create opportunities for students. Um, unlike uh, at the time and still uh, uh, our competitor, um, the SAT or college board, um, very initially, not so much anymore, but initially very focused on elite schools and admissions Mm. to elite. So it was very much kind of helping find the cream of the crop, if you will, and excluding so many others from that high higher ed experience. Um, our founder was very, very focused on leveling the playing field for all students, finding a pathway to college, which was a pathway to a career and work and financial stability. And mm-hmm. so um, that that founding mission, mission and vision, if you will, really persists today. And um, I think that even more now, as we see the economic divide and the and the stratification um, economically in our nation, um, the need to provide supports and assets and create opportunities for students to find a pathway after high school um, that will yield um, uh, a well-paying job that they can raise a family and Certainly. feel. You know, feel feel confident and certain. And um, that mission hasn't changed. Um, sometimes the pathway is through college. Sometimes it's through community college. Sometimes it's through other credentialing certification programs. And, and that's really what we do is we help students uh, figure out a path that suits them and their needs to, 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 to something meaningful after high school. And so we're committed mm-hmm. to that. We're devoted to it. And as I talked about strategic planning, we're, we're trying to think about in this changing environment, um, you know, colleges are under duress. Uh, COVID just has exacerbated what a four-year institution has been dealing with. And so their models may need to be changing as well. And so we're very much trying to think about what's changing and how can we be part of that process with that core mission of helping students um, find that path to success. Exactly. I mean, education in the traditional sense has has been this way for hundreds of years. And now uh, with COVID, um, if there's a good thing that came out of COVID, it's the fact that we have learned and, and we are continuing to learn that the way a student receives their education is changing. I mean, yes. I mean, it's not in the traditional classroom sense, and it doesn't necessarily have to be anymore. That's right. right. The, 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 the online learning programs, my son, I mentioned when we were chatting before we started, I have a 14 year old who's a freshman at city high 
and he has yet to step foot on the City High campus this uh, fall semester. He's been in the online learning program since day one. And you know what? He gets a little tired of sitting in his bedroom, um, but he's doing okay. Um, the teachers have done an amazing job putting these programs together, supporting, finding ways to engage students um, in, in this uh, in the online learning program. And so I've been really, really impressed with how our teachers and staff and administrators have really, really, really stepped up to the challenge and um, and help students be successful. And, and I think some of the tools that we're implementing now are going to persist, even when it's safe to go back to school physically. Mm-hmm. I think some of the things that we've learned will be part of our toolkit going forward. And we probably will never go back exactly the way we were before. Right. And I mean, so, you know, people say never waste a, a good crisis, right? To innovate and to find new ways of working. And I think I think we're seeing that a lot right now in the education system uh, in particular. The other thing, though, um, I think that COVID has, has, has really shown a light on is some of those socioeconomic differences um, that are so, so prominent mm-hmm. right now. Um, students who don't have internet, uh, students right. who don't have devices. We've extended in our school district a one-to-one program for literally K through 12. Um, and we accelerated that because so many families and they just, just, just didn't have devices um, or quiet places to sit mm-hmm. and, and be part of a class online. And so there's just a lot of factors, I think, that, that COVID has just really shown a light on um, mm-hmm. and uh, the digital divide. And, and I think these are things as a nation, as a community, we just want to be able to focus on and, and make sure we progress from this, right? Um, right. So, a whole new set of issues. I mean, that digital divide is is very real. Um, I I live yeah. out in the country, right? And I've if, if I'm stuttering, it's because my internet here is not great, right? But the kids in the classroom who needed to go to that classroom to learn because their home life maybe wasn't such that uh, it was conducive for in home learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now from a state issue, from a governmental issue, we have to address these challenges sooner than we thought we would have to. Exactly. And, 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 and I think we're seeing some of the solutions come to bear. And I think, again, never waste a good crisis. There's a lot of organizations around the country who are coming together. Um, there's, there is a spirit of partnership that I'm seeing, even in all of the sort of the political discourse um, that does at times seem very divisive, but there are many, many organizations doing good work here on digital divide, uh, providing resources. Um, I was just talking to a, a leader at Microsoft a couple of weeks ago and, uh, they've done a, amazing things around internet access in rural and rural communities, um, and and, that, and so many others than Microsoft as well. I mean, there's so many groups that are coming together to try to solve these problems, and I would have to say, that's actually been very gratifying um, to see in in this environment. Leave it to a leader, Janet, to say never waste a good crisis. I love that. I just love that. I mean, it's perfect. <laughs> we can we can all worry and cry and and gnash our teeth. However. Mm-hmm. It right. just a, it's a, it gives us a platform for change, and um, change is inevitable. So, I would rather lead it um, than react to it. Uh, so, I agree. our mindset. I completely agree. So, who have been your leader mentors over the years? Who have you looked up to as you were growing through your organization at ACT? Oh my gosh, so many. Um, one uh, woman in particular, Ann York, who led our operations group for many, many years. She was a dear, dear, smart, talented 
driven woman and um, I had the opportunity to work for her for a period of time. And, and she was, um, she was, she was um, very soft spoken, but steely eyed. And I learned from Anne how to not have to force my way into a conversation by being the loudest or, you know, talking first, you know, I could sit, I learned from Anne to sit back and watch, be thoughtful. And then, you know, very, very calmly, quietly make a point, but boy, it, yeah, Anne always made the right point, but she did it in <laughs> such a way that um, it, it was it, it was sort of without ego um, and without arrogance and just really it was just a style that I very much appreciated from Anne. The other thing that I learned from Anne was how to um, trust the people around me and not feel like I had to do everything. Mm-hmm. That you know, she was the vice president of operations, and I reported to her. But she was extremely good at, at building a strong team and delegating and letting the team make decisions. She didn't feel like she had to be the autocrat and telling everyone what to do all the time. And and I have a little bit of that in me. I confess to being a, a strong A type personality. Um, my Myers Briggs um, personality inventory would suggest that a, a field marshal is probably a good job for me. Um, but I've had to learn, and she was a great uh, mentor. That um, you know, you don't have to make every decision. In fact, you probably should not. That uh, that you create a space where leaders can lead, but that doesn't mean you have to make all the decisions. And so she was really, really influential. I'll say Dick Ferguson um, mm-hmm. too is another mentor, um, and learned from him. Um, a little bit about about leadership and uh, how to guide an, an organization um, to innovate. He, under his tenure, uh, we we extended into so many different markets and opportunities, and he did so very thoughtfully. and um, and And it was always building upon the core of of our mission. And um, I think from from Dr. Ferguson, I learned that that staying true and core to the mission is really, really important for an organization to 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 stay the course, you know, and not and not get lost in too many things that are uh, not super relevant to, to. And I think that's especially important for a not for profit like ACT. It's staying relevant to our mission is really, really important. And, and Dick was a was a great mentor and leader in that respect. And so there, there's been so many um, people. Right. Um, that I've learned from, but those two really um, come to the top of my mind. You know, going back to Anne, I think when you're in that leadership space in your head, you know, you're, you, you gravitate toward that, that leadership. And then when you're in the room with, with somebody like, like Anne York and you're watching her work, it, it's better than the movies. I mean, you're, you're, you're going, wow, that, yeah. that's amazing. How do you do that? Right. Yeah. And she would do things and you wouldn't even notice it. And then afterwards you'd be like, oh, wow, she just did that. Okay. I mean, sort of chest play. I mean, she was five steps ahead and quiet and thoughtful, respectful, but you'd leave a meeting and going, wow, she just, she just dominated. And and you would never felt it in the moment, but afterwards you knew, you knew exactly what she was doing. Oh, exactly. And and the other thing you touched on too, um, Janet, was that, as a leader, we can't solve 100% of the problem. We have to leave some latitude, you know, 20% for the team to work out because Absolutely. we got to, we, we got to support risk-taking and, and let Absolutely. them come to those conclusions. They have to, um, yeah. I mean, they, they feel included in supporting and, and developing the rest of the problem and finding that answer for that problem. It's so important. 
It's so important. And people make mistakes. We're humans. I make mistakes right. all the time. Right. And it's okay. Most of the time, it's okay. Most right. of the time, it's okay. And if there are really, really, really critical decisions that if, if a mistake is is a bad thing, I'll keep that decision for myself. I'm not going to put that on someone else. But um, it's, you know what? It's okay. And we learn from it. And you create a culture of continuous improvement, learning by doing, and and then people feel comfortable and safe to take risks, yes. to think creatively, to think outside the box and start embracing change as opposed to resisting change. But it's all through the climate and culture, I think. And um, and I think it, 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 it emanates from letting people uh, make some mistakes along the way and learn from it. Oh, so much. I mean, the culture at ACT has always been supporting testing and measuring. Let's mm-hmm. let's make this fun. Let's try this out. I mean, of course, we do our research. We, we make sure that it's not going to be totally off, off the tracks. But test and measure. Let's see how this works out. And. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as a business owner, as an executive, if you support testing and measuring and you, you give them the latitude to make decisions, it can be a fun process. It's like, yep. hey, guys, mm-hmm. we're going to learn. We're going to learn through this, right? And, That's right. That's right. And yeah. that, that, that culture probably um, matters most in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, had a, I was in a, pro, a leadership program, uh, I don't know, about five years ago, and, and we had a, a gentleman work with us who had been, uh, who had used to lead, um, uh, group expeditions up Mount Everest. And he told a story once where literally they had to make the decision. They were like on the last leg, right up. They were getting ready to summit that day. And then a colleague in a different expedition group fell, hurt themselves. And they had to make the split decision choice to abandon their years worth of preparation Mm -hmm. to summit or save this person. Right. And they made the choice to save the person. And I mean, in some, and, then it, and it was not a unanimous decision because some people literally, they committed a year and all this money to get to the summit of Everest. But this leader said, I mean, it, it, you want it, you want to attain your, your most important goals, but you want your soul to be intact once you get there. <laughs> right. and, and so there's, there's something to that, that really stuck with me. And that's, and that speaks to how much we focus on building our culture at ACT. It's not just that we do great things. It's how we work together to do great yes. things. And, yes. Um, it's, it matters. It really matters. Respecting folks. I talked about transparency, inclusion, um, diversity, obviously of thought. Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, it's just creating a culture of trust. And that is what will enable us to grow to the next 60 years of success as an organization. And so it, it's interesting. Um, I used to work in, I mean, I worked my way up through fairly technical roles. But, you know, I had a lot of different responsibilities over the years. And the and the, the sort of the higher I move up in the, in the organizational structure, the more time I spend on things like culture and right. people. And how to motivate folks, and um, so it's, I, don't, I don't. Some people are like, "What, what, what work do you do anymore?" <laughs> well, I I work with all of you to inspire you to do good work. It's just right. very different. And um, oh yeah, but it's uh, it's great culture. Culture really, really matters a lot. And um, oh yeah, uh, we take it to heart. Yeah. And what is business? Business is a collection of people with common goals. Mm-hmm. That that's what we are. I mean, yeah, making money as a side benefit, I get it. Okay, fine, but it's the passion that drives us, right? That's right. That's and, right. And that's why we do what we do. That's why you are where you are today. It's because of the passion for learning, mm-hmm. and 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 
and admission into higher learning so that we can, so that people can achieve their goals in life because they acquired the, the knowledge that they needed. That's right. That's I right. It. That's, it. That's our I, mission. That's why we exist. Yep. Yep, I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, Janet, I, I, I maybe kept you too long. I apologize, but thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Lee, for having me. It was really fun chatting today. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Don't go away. Hang on.